happy Wednesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Chris Henry of the EA Aviation Museum in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Yeah, and we're sitting out there on a nice uh, spring night in uh, 1970 waiting for, uh, well, it's the night before Apollo 13 launches. So uh, this would be uh, April 10th. And uh, who who shows up at this time unexpectedly but uh, dear old uh, Marilyn Lovell <laughs> to impress her hubby. She couldn't stay away. <laughs> no. Right in front of a beautiful white mustache. I mean, it's, it's terrible. I mean, they, they're all doing great acting stuff, but... <laughs> Can't help but notice all those great old cars in the background. I, I, I just love seeing them, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a gorgeous thing. Well, I love what we talked about yesterday, where um, you know we mentioned how difficult of a shot this whole series really is, uh, with all the lighting and there's just a lot going on in this shot. Yet they pull it off in a really beautiful manner. I mean, it, it's just such a gorgeous piece of film right here that we're watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, one little, I, I I get OCD about this stuff, but one little thing that bothers me is that bus in the background. I know the buses that they used at at Kennedy in 1970. If you if you're on the Apollo 13 minute dot com site and look at a an old picture of me from uh, from 1969, uh, that's actually from the Apollo 10 area. But the Kennedy Space Center uh, buses were very striking in that they had a gigantic. Um, uh, NASA meatball on them, followed by a TWA logo, <laughs> and it said Na- NASA tours conducted by TWA, uh, and, in, and the giant words uh, Kennedy Space Center along the side. So it's a little bit. Uh, I'll I'll assume it's a charter from uh, Jacksonville or something in the background. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll let them, let them slide on the bus. <laughs> I always thought the vehicles that they had at uh, in the NASA facilities were were interesting a lot of the cars and uh i mean you know uh they're and their collector's items there's a few of them out there on the air uh, i was gonna say air show circuit because i'm so used to airplanes um the car show circuit where there's some people who have restored you know nasa vehicles and um they're awesome i mean you, you can't help but geek out when you see one of them at a car show well and, I, I, w- I would assume that some of them show up at air shows too is, is, do you have yeah, yeah we, oh yeah, we do. We get uh, some, you know, every once in a while you get a Jeep or a, or a truck or something like that. Uh, uh, and some of the car shows what you're getting are the old, you know, the big four-door Dodge sedans or Ford sedans um, that are kind of plain Jane White, but they have the NASA, you know, meatball on it. And uh, it, it's just cool. I mean, it's really neat to see that, that uh, piece, those pieces of history are still being saved as well. Yeah, they they look like the kind of thing you want to have pull up in your driveway and say, you know, we've come to we've come to take it. Your your application's been approved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know that ap- application to go to the moon? Like, well, we're here to get you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, part of this minute, where if you're if you're scrolling through at um, second sixteen, we actually get a view of uh, of Ron Howard's daughter, the then fourteen year old uh, Bryce Dallas uh, Howard, who's uh, right there in a bright yellow dress. Huh. I never, I uh, I did not know that. I did not know she was in the film. So yeah, she's known as her character is known as Yellow Dress. So there, <laughs> That's there she there she is in her pre Jurassic glory, <laughs> and uh, she remember she's the one that came up with all the fight scenes between uh, Jim Lovell and his daughter. So she's uh, probably you know could have gotten a, a role as associated <laughs> screenwriter. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
doing a doing a good job. Gosh, her hair was really opie orange back then, wasn't it? <laughs> it uh, That's wild. Another sign of the times back then. I mean, this is this is going way back up. And I just I remember in '69, '70, it wasn't that unusual to see everybody wearing a tie, even in Florida. You know, you had a bunch of people in jackets and ties, ninety percent humidity, ninety degrees at nine o'clock at night. But uh, you'll still see people out there in, in jackets because this was an event to go to. Well, it's interesting you say that. Um, I know he's going to be one of our future guests, uh, uh, Paul Dive Mission Control. Interestingly enough, uh, they had a retro day in Mission Control and they were working on the shuttle program. And they all wore white shirts and black ties oh, wow. uh, as a tribute to the Apollo guys. And uh, he has a picture of that in his uh, his presentation. But we'll have to have him tell that story. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it must look like Geek Squad from uh, Best Buy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, just, uh, and, and this is a great, uh, I think this is a great acting turn for, uh, uh, for both of them. They do, a, they do a great job here. Kathleen Quinlan uh, acting nonchalant and, and just kind of they're teasing back and forth with, uh, with their little banter here. Uh, but, you know, whenever I see these things, I keep thinking, I mean, I've, I've read stories about the original First Wives Clubs and, and things like that. But the, the astronaut wives really had almost as, you know, as stressful a job as the astronauts did. I mean, at least the astronauts kind of had control of their, of their fate. You know, they, they knew what they were doing. They could, they could work on things, but, uh, the, the wives really just had to wait and worry and act like they're not worried. I remember there was a quote. I don't remember if it was in something I read or if it was in from the earth to the moon. Uh, but somebody said, uh, one of the, the first wives said, if you think going to the moon is stressful, try not going. Yeah. And uh, that's true. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. I mean, there's that, you know, on the Apollo 8 mission, there's time life came into, you know, the pictures and and stuff at their houses. And there's pictures of, uh, on, for whatever reason, it's just carved in my mind of, of Susan Borman, uh, like, chewing on a string of pearls, uh, waiting, you know, she was waiting to see if they came around the moon on, the, uh, on their burn. And, uh, I mean, that's not posed. She's... You know, they were capturing real stress on these people, and um, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, let alone having a bunch of um, photographers and newsmen <laughs> right. sitting around your living room trying to gauge your reactions and, yeah. and record it for posterity. <laughs> so, you know, little things like, what do you, you know, how how clean do you have to clean the house? And like like uh, 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 she said she said earlier in the uh, Marilyn said earlier, all she did was vacuum when he was behind the moon. And it's like you have to find something to fill your day just to stop thinking yeah. about how the amount of terror that you're in here. And, you know, she was a she was a test pilot's wife, but they never nobody ever went went to her house when she you know, when her husband was working at Pax River and trying out uh, air, air, aerobatic maneuvers on a plane that was hours old. And, you know, she came, you know, she came home and she knew people in her neighborhood who were widowed because something happened at work and people died. And that's not, you know. It it's not a typical thing for her neighbors to to go through, you know, the neighbors that when she lived on base. But this is just something she had to be normal in a very abnormal situation. Yeah, and you know, it was interesting that you don't even have that private downtime to try to, you know, maybe clear your head because, like you said, there's people there wanting to get your comments and pictures and you know in your house. I I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't imagine going through the one of the hardest times of my life, but not having the privacy to fall back, you know, to have someone sitting in the living room taking pictures and video and hanging on anything I might say. Um, that's yeah. 
And yeah, that's wild. You know, and I mean, Mar- Marilyn and Jim Lovell st- stuck together, but the the pressure was so great. Once, um, I think it was uh, it was Tom and Joe Stafford uh, were the first to divorce, I believe, and then you know Don Isley had had gotten divorced, and John Young John Young got on a flight after he was divorced. So once those people kept their job, you know, they, they were all convinced that they would be canceled from the program, and you know, their life would be ruined. If uh, if any of them got divorced, but once they found out that NASA wasn't going to do anything about it, then uh, you know it was like dominoes. They so, so many of them got divorced and just the stress really ripped them apart. But you know it's it's good to know Marilyn and Jim, they were they were a team and they you know they loved each other they they love each other dearly and uh, it's uh, you know it's great to find such strong people that that are willing to to hold on to these you know get through these stressful times. Absolutely, and and it's interesting to see how they um, they so deeply care for one another today, as well. Both uh, um, the two that I have experienced, you know, a little bit of knowledge with was uh, Jim and and, and uh, Marilyn, and as well as Frank and Susan. And uh, I can tell you, nothing comes first in either of those gentlemen's lives uh, over their wives, and yeah. uh, they're uh, they're they're real role models for any younger guys out there. Uh, on how to uh, how to take care of your family, they put family first. They're really uh, really neat people. Yeah, I mean that's that's one big part of this story that is not you know fictionalized or exa- exaggerated. They do have such a deep and long lasting love for each other. Um, well, we leave them we leave them you know waving blowing kisses to each other and waving goodbye, uh, getting ready for the the next morning and uh, that beautiful uh, dawn shot courtesy of Digital Domain. Which does uh, they, they did a really good job considering it's 1995. Uh, Digital Domain came up with a very nice look for uh, for the sun coming up there over uh, uh, the I guess that would be the that's part partially the Indian River or, or um, well, if it's coming up in the east it's, it's definitely the Indian River. Uh, so we're 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 looking at this is a Titusville eye view of uh, of the uh, of Pad 39A and. Wow. Uh, you know, just such a such a beautiful, beautiful lit, well lit picture. I look at it to see if if anything's you know out of place on it, but it's really that that's how it looked. I mean, I think they they kind of left out the water towers and they left out uh, where the service structure was. I think the service structure would still be in the picture, but it it looks pretty. That that's pretty much what it looked like when I saw when I saw Apollo ten on on pad thirty nine B. That's pretty much what it looked like from Titusville. Yeah, of course. You had, this would be with binoculars because the, the view is about <laughs> about seven or eight miles away, so it'd be a dot on the horizon. But if you get a really good pair of binoculars, this was this would be what it looked like. I was there once. Uh, of course, there was nothing on the pad uh, when I was there, but uh, it's uh, it's very patriotic to be standing there. Though you when you're out there, you're just you know what happened here, you know, yeah. and um, it. Um, I and I have never been there to see it, you know, in full boom. Uh, so I don't have anything to compare it to as far as, you know, having actually been out there for launches or anything. But um, that's all I can feel is very patriotic. I know some of the astronauts that have gone back to see some of the pads, uh, you know, now have said it was kind of depressing, um, you know, in certain certain pads because they, you know, they remember them is vibrant and still working, and then you go back out and they're kind of not. Um, I know Gene Cernan uh, felt that way um, when he went out to see some of his old stuff, but um, yeah, it's very, uh, 
very cool thing though. If you, I can't stress enough. If you ever get to take any of the tours down at Kennedy, uh, to do so because it's it's time well spent for sure. Oh yeah, no, it's it, it's fascinating, and like you said, it. I mean, it is it. It's hallowed ground. It's very much when you're there, you feel the history of the place, and you know when you know what's happened there. It you know you can't help but but think, wow, what a place to be. No, absolutely. The um, I mean that's that's where history was made. That's where these guys climbed atop rockets 35 stories tall and went to the moon. I mean that uh, you know, and then for you know, and then the shuttle program and everything else. So I mean it's um, it, it's just it, it's not the cheap uh, cheap way to go if you go and do all the tours. But I guarantee you, it's worth it. It's money well oh, spent. Definitely. I mean, it's to me, it's I. I I mean, I, I have kids and grandkids that, that think otherwise, but I, I'd go there before I go to Disney World. That's how that's how oh, yeah. exciting and important it is. It's like um, going to Yankee Stadium if you're a baseball fan. I mean, the, if yeah. you don't like the Yankees, I mean, the history of that team is yeah, uh, amazing. Even in the off season, it's a great place. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people when I, when I go on the the visitor buses and things like that, people will say, "Well, why do they take down the gantries? Why don't they leave them up? They're they're historical and they're important." But the thing is, it's it's less than 200 yards to the ocean and salt water and steel really don't react well with each other. And they're not built, they're not built to, you know, to be preserved for the ages. So, um, having, having them being a bit ephemeral, you know, it, it's, uh, it's sad, but they have to go and, and make room for new stuff. Well, I saw, um, I, and I agree. I mean, it is, it's sad, but yet I, I get it. I did see that they just restored one of the gantries and they put it in the Kennedy gift shop. You can walk across it now. Yeah. You can, you can take that, that trip to the moon right across the, right across the <laughs> midsection of that, that in, in, in incredible gift shop. I mean, it's uh there's, there's sometimes when I go in there and, um, I get I get a little bit agitated by by some of the some of the merchandise and like they'll have a picture of Einstein and they'll say rocket scientist and it's like no he wasn't a rocket scientist if you want to put somebody like that put Cielowski or, or Goddard or something yeah, like that yeah. you don't have to put you don't have to put Einstein on there but uh, they do have a lot of a lot of cool stuff and oh, yeah. it's uh it's neat seeing babies in little spacesuits <laughs> it is I, do, I love it I do like that and uh, it's the, the only place on earth you can get. Uh, on launch day, they sell the I Was There shirts that have uh, a picture of the particular rocket and the patch in the middle of the, the T-shirt. I've, That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, de- definitely if, if you're planning a trip, de- there, do not if you're planning a trip to Florida, do not skip the Kennedy Space Center. Just well well worth the uh, uh, the, the trip. Uh, recently, Delaware North, which is the um, – they're the operating company for the, uh, the Kennedy Space Center, uh, has, uh, has really revamped a lot of the uh, – a lot of the the visitor center to make it more uh, approachable and inclusive for people. I mean, it's still they still take care of. They've got a lot of old rockets out in the rocket garden that they're they're constantly refurbishing and making sure that. I mean, they're, they're out in the, they're outdoors, but they're still keeping them uh, uh, spanking fresh new. Um, but they've uh, they've had to increase prices on like uh, pay for parking and stuff like that. But it's it's all in the interest of of keeping this gigantic facility. Um, active and uh and being able to be visited I and mean, when you when you see what they've done uh lately with um well the, the uh florida or, or the kennedy space center managed to get atlantis they have the spatial atlantis's permanent home there uh and the atlantis center uh and all the all the different features that that are built into it with including the new apollo one uh challenger and columbia memorials that are in, that are part of it it uh, you know it costs a lot of money to keep that stuff going and it's not coming it's not coming from tax dollars so they have to 
they have to pay for it somewhere. I hear people grumbling sometimes, like, why do we have to pay for this? We paid for it already. But it's like somebody has to take care of this, and the taking care of it part wasn't in the original budget. So, well, um, and that's uh, – it, it's in, – in the grand scheme of like how many different places you can spend your money on vacation, um, you know that that was one that the money that they get is going to preserve it for – you know, preserve these items for, for – long period of time and generations beyond us so um, yeah. i never feel bad about what i do there i always feel it's a bargain getting to be uh down there among that history is if you're a history nut a space fan or a fan of the movie i mean you know let's face it a lot of times movies such as apollo 13 uh are what you know spark people's interest in the space program or whatever it is you know um go out and do it get you know go do your movie experience go out to the cape or you know, and seeing a Saturn V, it's totally worth it, you know. Yeah, and, or, you know, even go, visit, visiting local, well, <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir here, but, you know, vi- visiting local museums where you can see actual, you know, it's not, you know, sometimes there are recreations, but a lot of the actual articles, the the, the things that flew, things that were part of some of these experiences, you get a you get a tactile sense when you're there and you see these real things and and understand, I mean, it, it, it's more than a book. It, it gives you a little piece of the history. I keep thinking of that... Um, that scene from um, uh, Star Trek: First Contact. There's a there's a little scene with Captain Picard where uh, he's he's gone back in time and he's touching the side of a of a Titan missile. And Data asks him why, do you, you know, does this why does this change anything to you? And he, he explains that you know history is much more real when you can feel it with your senses. And I I, I, I don't get that feeling any any more than when you can touch this kind of piece of history. I mean, I, I know, I know you go through that every day, Chris, when you're in the, when you're in the museum and you see all these real pieces of aviation history. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just, just during air venture, somebody handed me a bag and it's just a canvas bag. And it, uh, they said, this is a, a world war one gas mask in this bag, uh, that my grandfather had with them during the war. And I'm sitting there going, I'm holding a bag that's over a hundred years old. You know, like that's uh, that's incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, no, absolutely. Support your local museums for sure. I know we're we're off topic of the film a bit, but not really. I mean, because... no, no, no. This is all. This is. I mean, we're looking at history in this movie. We're seeing. You know, you see the gantry of uh, the the the, uh, the LUT on pad thirty nine, and that doesn't exist anymore. But there are, you know, there are parts of it like that <laughs> that top that that top uh, gantry way there. You can you can actually feel the real thing in the gift shop of the uh, of the Kennedy Space Center. But it. When you do those things, when you take those actions and you make it part of your muscle memory, I think it it makes history a lot more real to you. That's why people that's why people go to places like this to see it. And I think that's that's why people go and see rocket launches. I mean, not just because it's the excitement at the time, but you realize that you're part of a bigger thing. Like this was, yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, and it, it's. I mean, this movie. The particular sadness that I get from this film is it's kind of come up later on in a, in a future minute where people were going to the moon and everybody else was watching, you know, I Dream a Genie and uh, and baseball games and things instead of watching live pictures from uh, cislunar space. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's it's amazing how we get kind of inured to that. That it does, I mean, every, every night uh, for the past week or so, uh, the International Space Station flies over my house and I have a little thing on my phone that beeps when it tells me when the station and I always go out every night and just see you just see this big letter H going through the sky and think well, there's people living on that ship and I, I think the real experience of seeing that when you when you have those real experiences it makes 
it makes history a, a little bit more meaningful because you're part of that history now. You, you've seen, you know, I, I lived in the time when I saw people walk on the moon, and now I see people who've been living in space continually since 1998. We've never, had, we've never not had people in space since 1998. So, you know, we lived in that time period, and I think movies like Apollo 13, when you watch this, it kind of gives you an idea of what it's like to live in history and, and appreciating the fact that you're currently living in what's going to be your, you know, your kids' and your grandkids' history too. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I remember, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, uh, there was a movie called Memphis Bell. And one of my, you know, one of my all time favorite movies, I fell in love with the airplane called a B 17. And then I got to go fly in a B 17. And I remember just sitting there thinking about how many books I've read and how none of them compared to actually having my hands on history in the airplane as it's running you know, flying, taxiing around, it, it, there was just nothing to replace that. And, um, you know, and while you can't fly Saturn V, you certainly can go and be part of the history, touch some of the stuff that they'll let you touch, and uh, it really drives home a bit more. It, uh, it lets you understand the movie a lot more, too, actually. Yeah, no, de- definitely. I, I agree totally. Well, I guess that, that that's all there is to this minute, but there, you know, there is a lot that, um, you know, to digest in this, and we're going to be we're going to be getting into now that it's uh, it's the 11th of April, uh, 1970s. It says on our on our final seconds of the uh, of this particular minute, we're going to start getting into launch procedures and launch sequences. So we'll be talking about that for the next week or two. So that we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about history as the week goes on. Um, for folks who haven't listened to previous, speaking of our history, if, for if you haven't if you haven't heard earlier episodes, uh, we're up to minute twenty eight here now. So if you want to catch up on the first almost half hour of this show, uh, please go to our main site Apollo thirteen minute dot com. You can listen to previous episodes, read summaries of the previous minutes, uh, or if you don't want to want to bother doing that, you can just uh, go into iTunes or Google Play and uh, type in under the search bar for Apollo thirteen minute and uh, click subscribe, and you'll get it delivered hot and fresh every morning. Uh, you can also talk back with us on Twitter, Apollo 13 Minute, or on Facebook at the Apollo 13 Minute Mission Control. We will be back tomorrow, as, as usual, as we start the uh, scuffing up and scrubbing up procedures for, uh, for getting uh, Apollo 13 underway. So let's, uh, let's talk a bit about that tomorrow. Uh, it looks like we lost a signal in about 30 seconds, so we'll catch you tomorrow on the Apollo 13 Minute.